Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. We are going into the second week of training camp leading up to the 2020 season. And there's some there's a few news items to talk about going into week two. And here to talk about it is Clinton Bonner of 3In3 Out. Clinton, welcome back on the show. Brandon, thank you so much. It's been it's been a little bit. You know, we talked a couple times during the offseason and always excited to come and talk Seahawks and it's starting to get real. Like I know it's a different type of off season. I get it. I know it's going to be a different type of season. I get it. I don't care. It's it's I'm starting to starting to get the feel, starting to get the tingles. It's August. The, the players are back. There's hype videos. I'm ready to talk Seahawks, man. I am ready. Yeah, we're getting more of the uh, interviews for you know press conferences as guys come into the building. So there's things to talk about. There's moves that the team is making or not making. And uh, and we actually have our first bit of news. It is you talk about this this new type of season that we're going into. Well, there's a, a new type of reserve list for players, and that's the reserve COVID nineteen list. And we have our first member of the Seahawks making that list. I was, you know, I I try and be optimistic at all times. That's just the way sure. I am. I thought, you know, with Pete Carroll and his his always compete mentality, you know, could the Seahawks go the entire season without landing a guy on the list? And it turns out, no, uh, it, they, they get one week in and John Ursua is the first player to be added to that list for the Seahawks. They say the, the, the first one cuts the deepest and, and you don't want it. You want zero. Zero would be a really nice number to have on this one. And with that, what was it, just maybe seven, ten days ago or so, something like that, probably seven days ago, we saw Stafford land on this list. We saw Gar- uh, Gardner Mich- Minshew land on this. I, I almost said Mushu, like Mushu pork. That would be, <laughs> I, I am hungry. I got it's, it's Eastern time. It's my dinner it's, time. It's your here. dinner time. So it's, yes. yeah, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's I'm an easy thinking, mistake to make. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Mushu pork, Gardner Mushu pork. Uh, <laughs> but they both ended up being, uh, you know, false positives, right? And of course, there is that caveat that if you know somebody who has it, then you land on that list too. So I think it's, it's stinks. We don't. We, we'd like to. We would like to. You know, put up a zero here, but have a clean sheet, as like as Ross Bell might say, or across the pond. And and with that, I think it's hey, let's let's take a step and see what tomorrow brings. Like, is he positive, or does he know somebody? And then when he tests two or three more times, you know, has it come back? Does he stay positive or not? And of course, if he is positive, very healthy individual. Uh, keep keep uh, doing those bicep curls. You're looking greater, sewer. Get healthy and, and get back as soon as you possibly can, and keep it out of the VMAC. Yeah, the troubling thing with Matthew Stafford and the false positives, you think about that and you try and think about all the things that are going to come up during the regular season. And you think about the idea of guys testing and, you know, whatever that false positive rate ends up being in the NFL, you go into a game and it gives you that certain percentage that one of your star players or more, depending on what that percentage ends up being, ends up being on that list going into a critical game. This, it's just going to be a different season. And I think we have to accept that <laughs> having yeah. the season, but that's going to be one of the, the things that really stinks about this season is if you come out of a, if you go into a weekend, a star player tests positive the next week after a couple of negative tests, you find out, oh, okay, well, I guess it was a false positive, but Hey, we just lost to one of our division rivals. That's I'm going to struggle with that a little bit. Yeah, that 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 will that will sting. Hopefully, it doesn't bite us. Uh, you know, but I, I would say this: um, I think I think you're 100 percent right that that's going to happen. You know, and that's going to happen to somebody. Um, you know, I hope it's the 49ers. Forty Niners, Rams, Arizona Cardinals. It can happen to any of those three teams, and All I will be good. super okay with it. 
I'd be, I'd almost cheer it on. I don't, I don't want them to have COVID. Because, yeah, you just want you know, them but, to be, you want them to test positive falsely false, ahead of a big uh, game. Yeah. Just to, I just want, to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want them to, you know, be, be super positive, but in a false way so that they miss a game with us. And, you know, hey, George Kittle misses a game and we beat them again. Oh, uh, you know, George Kittle missed a game. All right, calm down, Niners <laughs> fans. Still got your butts whipped in the Super Bowl. So, anyway, anyway. I, I still love that. I love the Nick Bosa tweet the other day or, or somebody tweeting about Nick Bosa. Like he hasn't watched the fourth quarter yet. Like, all right, dude, maybe you should, maybe you should go watch the fourth quarter. So you get better because that was, you know, I'm still, still enjoying the fact that the Niners just collapsed. I love it. Yeah. I think that's one of the things on our to-do list today is to go for us to go and watch the fourth quarter, just because it will be that much more entertaining. I think going into the season now, I'm, I'm very ready for that. Hey, speaking of 49ers, the Seahawks picked up one of the former 49ers off the waiver wire, DJ Reed. Don't know much about him apart from him being a fifth round draft pick and a guy who primarily plays slot corner. But, you know, between the 49ers and Seahawks, I was trying to make a note just in my mind of of how many guys that we've picked up off their roster, how many guys they've taken off our roster. It has to be pretty even. Uh, yeah, it's definitely some swapsies going on here. And and I think my, my I'm, I'm with you also, Brandon, like I. I don't know him very well yet. You know, whenever that's the case, just being like, you know, a modern day Matlock that we are, where do I go? I go to Twitter. What do I do? I go check out 49er fans who I, who I know a little bit, you know, folks that you've had uh, on different pods across, you know, from time to time, uh, the Know Your Rival series and, and, and what have you. And I check out like kind of their networks and what are they saying about that player? And then I come back and go, well, most of these, most of these folks think this, this guy's a pretty good player. You know, it's one of those when healthy really good slot corner. Well, you know, that's pretty good music to my ears because last year we had some healthy dudes who were terrible at slot corner. So I like the idea of getting some guys who are better at a position. That's just me. I know that's kind of crazy, but we've locked up a lot of things. Uh, but slot corner is still one that's like, uh, uh, who is it going to really be? We don't know yet. Right. And him coming off a torn pectoral injury and knowing that he may not be even available toward the latter half of the season. But yeah, I, I do that same type of thing. I look to see what fans are saying, and it looked like the majority of 49ers fans were disappointed that the that the Niners lost him. And you, you do that same thing. I'm sure 49ers fans were looking at all Seahawks fans' timelines after uh, they signed Jamar Taylor, and they just saw the LOLs and the ha-ha-has coming from Seahawks fans. And, and I guess that goes maybe for Deion Jordan a little bit, too. Well, I mean, Deion Jordan just had like whatever problems he had, right? He performed pretty well for us the, two years ago, right? He was he was a yeah, good little was shot. Okay, in the arm. yeah. He was. Pr- listen, I would have taken him last year. <laughs> I mean, what did we have? What yeah, was he was number? he was an improvement over Ziggy Anza. Very. I know that's. I realize the bar is being set low. Uh, so the Duke is still ball a little bit, maybe. But then you know, uh, like like you mentioned uh, Taylor earlier. Like yeah. That, listen, I I take it as a, almost like a, an homage or like a little bit of a certainly respect when other teams model themselves after the Seahawks or pick up like draft picks that just didn't make it through our system or or dudes that just burned out for whatever reason. And then there's there's this one where I mean, what were they watching? What were they watching to be like, yeah, man, like this guy can improve our team. I, I don't get it. Uh, and I love it. You know, it's, it's I actually think I'm on the, uh, you know, looking at the teams as we head into 2020. I actually think the Niners, I'm not saying they're in trouble. They're still too good to be in trouble. However, you got Debo with with a, you know, a, a bad foot. 
you have the Mostert issue this year, which is kind of funny. I know he re-signed or you know got back in with a restructured contract, yeah, and that will probably work itself out. However, like that was there was some tumult there as well. You know, and uh, you know, you, you lose Kittle a guy like going DeFar- for his new contract, and you know everything that goes along with that. Yeah, and DeForest and losing a guy like DeForest Buckner, it's like, and then you get the Super Bowl hangover. You listen, yes, are they good? They are. They're they're going to be a pretty good team. Will they take a step back? I kind of think they're going to. Like, I don't see you lose Emmanuel Sanders. What do you replace him with? I don't see it there right now. And if Jimmy G gets a little bit of pressure on him, he's just as bad as Jared Goff, and that's saying a lot. With them getting Trent Williams, him having a year off, you don't know where he's going to come back. But that's now, good, though. I think that's, I mean, like, I think that's savvy. Like, they lose Staley, they go get Williams. Like, oh, man. Like, I. Oh, well, that was I, the I best was, they could do. Fantastic. It was, it was like a half a day later. Like, oh, Staley. It might even been like. It was, know, like, I uh, think it was the same exact parallel. day. Yeah. They announced Staley's retirement, and then they said, oh, by the way, we traded for Trent Williams. Yeah, I mean, we give, give a bucket of used golf balls for Trent, Trent Williams, and uh, you know, so it's. But now you have Trent Williams and Richard Sherman on the same team. I, you know, that's kind of fun, <laughs> considering fun. their interaction in the playoffs back in what was it, 2012? <laughs> yeah, 2012. That's when, when, when that was the the how the horrible turf game. Remember that? Remember that turf? Do you recall that turf? Oh, I do. At what, whatever that was, but the the, the, the the I'll still call them the Redskins for now because that's who they were. The that football point. team. They're the football the, team. The now. football team of Washington. But man, was it wasn't that the last game? Clemens, what he did, he came around the corner, and just tore up his knee, and like there, you know, and that was it. Like we stuck so hard with the Falcons, we probably still should have won that damn game. But once we lost Clemens, it was such a like a hit. And the nice part was after that, it was like, well, guess what? We got to bolster up. We got to bolster our defensive line, and then Abril, and then Bennett, and then you know the rest is history. So how can you not cut. remember the football team? It's like having the generic. They're they're like the. I, See, growing up poor when I was a kid, we always got the the knockoff cereal, you know, like the the toasty O's. And so now the Washington football team, they're like the toasty O's of the NFL. They're just the the generic named uh, cereal that's on the shelf. Oh, no, I remembered it. I was just choosing to recall who they actually were in 2012 oh. <laughs> and sure. that, you know, OK, I get it. We're going to make some changes. Away we go. Um, I just found I. I one quick aside there. I kind of find it funny. They couldn't have just said, hey, we're going to remain this team for the rem- remainder of this year. And our promise to the league and to the fans and to the world is we will figure it out. But this is our, you know, like this is our last year as as this entity because we don't have a replacement. So, you know, it's 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 just funny. It's funny to me, but but it's very Redskins. It's, it's, very, it's, it's, very, it's, it's very much oh, sorry. in keeping with Washington their football, Washington football team. This is this is like the San Diego Chargers. It's going to take a little, a little bit for me to get, uh, to get used yeah, to. Yeah, I still say San Diego. And how many years has that been now? Two years? Uh, going on, yeah, I think going on third. But the good news is, you know, LA can't support a team, let alone many teams. So they'll probably be back in San Diego before we know it. Well, speaking of Washington, the Seahawks did get a player from the football team in the offseason, and Quentin Dunbar coming over for a fifth round pick. Coming up after the break, we are going to talk about Quentin Dunbar and what we might see from him coming up in the 2020 season. That's up next. Joined by Clinton Bonner, three in, three out. We usually do that show throughout the season, breaking down the games during the week in a little bit different way. And uh, sure, we got that coming up this season, but first, we have to get to the games, and one of the guys that we found out that uh, could potentially play some games this season, there was some concern about that, 
as Quentin Dunbar was on the commissioner's reserve exempt list. And we just found out after his charges were dropped down in the, the Florida County there that was charging him, Quentin Dunbar going to be returning to the Seahawks and he can be on the practice field. There's still the chance for suspension, uh, but yeah. it, he's going to be back with the team now. Yeah, I think the the understatement in that, you know, uh, that opening there is that there was like, you know, some chance he wasn't going to play. I mean, I, I for me personally, of course, like when I look at an individual and anything they're doing, I'm going to go with the innocent until proven guilty. And there's also the NFL shield, which is, you know, going to be different. Um, and then when things started coming coming out with DeAndre Baker and then the Instagram stuff, the Instagram stuff and the, and the bribing the bribing within the office of the lawyers, from what I understand, uh, I mean, man, oh man, like, you know, like uh, I, I, I tend not to bribe people. Uh, and, and when I do, I tend not to do it inside a lawyer's office because I just think that's probably the wrong place to bribe one person. Um, Generally, man, especially, you know, bribing them is one thing, but then bribing them to change sworn testimony to police officers, that's, that adds another dynamic to it, too. It surely does. That's called jail time, unfortunately. So, I mean, I, I do wish that the man, DeAndre Baker, his best of luck. I'm very happy Quentin Dunbar, again, as a man, won't be facing those charges. Um, with that, you know, we were discussing this, I think it was through whatever, like some Facebook IMs the other day. Like, yeah, it's, it's he's most likely going to play for the Seahawks this year at some point. I do think he'll be served a suspension. Um, you know, I think you were saying, Brandon, you thought maybe maybe two games, maybe something like that. But I was like, well, you know what? Jaron Reed did what he did and got six, you know, a full year later. I'd be surprised if he gets less than four games, purely speculative. I don't think he deserves, I mean, whatever. They're going to make that judgment. He's not going to go to jail. He's not getting charged. That's great. You know, I don't know. The NFL seems to have come down on Seattle, or at least with Jaron Reed, they definitely did. Um, I can't see it being less than four. I don't know why that number's in, in my head, but it, it just is. I wonder, and maybe you remember this, Plaxico Burris, when he shot himself in the leg in yeah. a nightclub, I, I wonder how well that tracks with suspension time. You try and draw things that you could tie it to, and I don't think we've ever had a case like quite like the situation Quentin Dunbar was in. Now, fortunately, DeAndre Baker, it sounds like he was the one more involved with it. And we see that he is still uh, on the commissioner's exempt list and he, his charges have not been dropped. So a guy like Plaxico Burris, you know, when he uh, shot himself in the leg in a nightclub, I, I wonder how many games he got for that. I, I don't remember. I just think the uh, my my gut says that um, you just want to bring that story up <laughs> <laughs> because I don't see the parallels. I don't see, you know, but I don't see, but there was a firearm involved. That's there was a firearm involved. There wasn't, there wasn't armed robbery per se. It wasn't, but, but you know, but it's a, uh, but it's, it's just a fun story. And unfortunately for him, of course, as an individual, but you know, when you do dumb things, when you build a house on dumb, yeah. you end up with, with dumb and it, it doesn't go well. So see dumb um, things with firearms. It's a perfect uh, correlation to, to the Dunbar situation. That might be a new segment been on three and three out we'll just said you know just a little a little added a little a little added bonus you know dumb things with firearms but the yeah, main thing uh, i wanted to talk about with dunbar though is you know holy smokes you know whether it's two games or four games right think about the good. secondary that the seahawks are going to have now making the jamal adams trade having dunbar potentially either as the third corner or second corner depending on how the competition with trey flowers works out that's a nasty looking secondary for the seahawks yeah and, I, and i'm i'm 
of the, you know, desire, I guess, to like not count Trey Flowers out from the starting position. Like let let them go at it. Let it be like, you know, Godzilla versus whomever, you know, Godzilla versus Kong, if you will. And just see who's standing. I'll put my money on Godzilla, of course. But, uh, you know, the dude breathes like nuclear waste. He's probably going to win a fight against a, a large ape. But that, that I digress. And with that, though, um, I, you know, I think Flowers, you know, he ended poorly last year, right? We, right. we have the, the memories of the Packer game. And he was torched. And he was, you know, he was kind of picked on. Um, I think if you look back at his the entirety of the season, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. Um, and he's still a second year dude going into his third year. So I'm still not that I'm bullish on on Trey. I just want to give Trey the the chance to still win. And if it's Dunbar that comes in and, and wins, that means he's better than him. That that I mean, we got we got Shaq across the way. I mean, then he got Adams. This is this is becoming a, a very 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 formidable, uh, you know, DB uh, lineup. And th- the one piece I want to put behind that still for me, though, is like, how much base are we going to play? Like, what happens with that with that slot corner position? We heard a little bit of, well, that could be Marquise, right? Right. Uh, I, I just, I'm still, it's a big scene missing for me because we are still talking about 2020 NFL, you know, teams, you know, week one, who do we face week one? I know you know. Atlanta. Right. What does Atlanta do a lot of? Yeah, they, they run three wide receivers out there pretty frequently. They, I think they threw the ball most in, in the NFL in 2019, I think. I'm pretty sure they threw them. You know, they, they three wide receivers, they throw the ball a ton. Yeah. Like we, we've got a, the, the base with some dudes who are certainly good and also a little older and a little slower. It just didn't work out. I get it that, you know, Taylor was was really bad. And actually, the, num- the numbers clearly show that we when we played nickel, we actually had a worse off time than playing base. So I get it. We got to figure that out. I don't think we I don't think we can get to where we want to get to without solving for the nickel position. Do you have any any inkling or any any feelings on? Okay, it looks like the, the corners are set. Safeties are freaking awesome. Who's playing? Who's playing slot corner? Like, do you do you have a, a go to or somebody you want to win? Yeah, well, it's going to be what between Blair, Amadi, Dunbar. Or you know the the loser between the the battle of of Dunbar and Trey Flowers, but the one the other thing I was going to say about this competition between Flowers and Dunbar is that if there's a two game suspension or four game suspension, that's going to give Flowers the leg up on winning the competition and holding on to that spot beyond the suspension. Because if he's playing you know solidly those four games, how do you make that swap? And then to to answer your question about the nickel spot. I guess what we heard from Coach Carroll with him leaning Blair at this point in the season, with him being the second round pick. Now, I know the the one thing that has changed is Dunbar coming back because that news hadn't been announced when Pete was talking about, you know, Blair being in that nickel role. But I, I think he seems to be leaning that way. So I, I th- I'm going to go with what Pete says and that Blair is kind of the one that's seen to be in that position and they have some flexibility around how they might want to use that personnel if they decide, you know, matching up Jamal Adams on a tight end might be the better option, or it it may only be a few snaps. I know there's a lot of people that say, hey, uh, free safety, Quandre Diggs is such a good free safety, you can't take him out of that role, but gosh, he has some slot experience if it's three or four snaps where you rotate him into the slot to cover a speedy receiver and then keep Blair on the back end as a free safety or or keep... Uh, Adams on the back end, those all three of those guys seem pretty versatile, at least with their experience. They've played all those positions. I I agree. And I think we have a pretty, 
pretty good chance to solve this problem this year. And and that that's exciting because, you know, if you go back to, let's say, like week six, week seven last year, and then you just fast forward to right now and look at the talent and look, look at who's scheduled to go start. Oh man, is, is that night and day, right? I, I do, I do wish that Blair got more chances last year because when he was out there, I thought he flashed. Yeah. Um, I do think he's, He's he's more that to me he's more that missile guy who could come like you know we know those dudes who could kind of like come off screen and make a tackle right you know Earl does it Adams does it and other you know others certainly do it too but you know Earl was was quintessential like where is he and then oh my gosh he but he you know ran through a linebacker and ju- juked a guy and he's taken down like a wide receiver screen in the backfield or just a two yard two yard gain and shutting it down you know Blair seemed to have some of that in him where he was very aggressive and he would dart to the ball. Uh, I don't know if that is exactly correlates to a successful corner in this league. However, I don't know what I don't know. You know, I, I don't, I just, I don't know what, where his athleticism could take him if he's trained up the right way. I'll just go with the, I'll definitely go with the glass half full of the positive spin that man, like looking back on who was out there, let's say week four, week five with Taylor and, and you know, Tedrick versus right now, this is such, such an improved defense um, of course, I still want some some more on the defensive line. I'm in the camp that I think we're still going to do something. Uh, and with that, you know, even if we don't, it's such a better defense right now than it was the start of last season. It does seem like the Seahawks are going to do something because Mike Silver, he reported this this past week that the Seahawks, while they have appeared to move on from Jadevian Clowney, and I, I can parse those words out, you know, they, they, it appears yep. that they've moved on, but... Uh, I'll take that report for what it says uh, that they do have interest, though, was the other part of the tweet in pass rushers, Clay Matthews and Everson Griffin. And so with that in mind, you're right. It seems like they're not done. Yeah, I, I, don't, I just I don't see them being done. I see they they have ways in which I mean, first of all, I think we all know that the, the salary cap is this mythical beast that you could, you know, pluck a hair from a, from a unicorn, throw it in a cauldron and, and there's more money somehow, right? There's ways to find money within the salary cap between extensions and, and kicking people off your team, just things that you can do. So, and I do believe we have, you know, one of, one of the best GMs, if not, if not like top three GM. So lots of confidence that if, if they want to do something, they will find a way to do it. I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm like Rocky Balboa in in uh, in Rocky Four right now. Sure, you know Creed might be getting his his butt whipped by the big Russian. I'm not throwing it in just yet on Clowney. Like, and I, I realize how that ended. I realize the analogy probably doesn't work. <laughs> not the best analogy. Um, it didn't. However, it didn't end well for Apollo. Not well for Apollo. Right. Uh, however, uh, I'm, if I'm Balboa, I'm holding on to that towel because I think it might be that last second ploy. Um, Listen, I like Griffin. Griffin's a Griffin's been a good player for a long time. He's going to be he's 33. Um you could probably pencil him in from anywhere between 7 to possibly 10 plus sacks. That'd be uh, that'd be a huge improvement. And he, and he's actually pretty good against the run too. He's he's not just like he's not just some sack dude who can't who doesn't, you know, doesn't know how to play the run. He's actually like Clay quite Matthews. good. Yeah, I mean that's Clay Matthews is, is a sack guy. That's what he's always done. By the way, if we get Griffin and then we bring in Clay, I'm not anti-Clay. I know so many people are. I think they just don't like the way the dude looks and his cheap shots across the years. However, um, he's but he's also like the the third or fourth or fifth person I'd like to see them sign because because there's dudes like Snacks out there still. And of course, but I want to rotate it back to, to Clowney. For me, it's like I'm not giving up on Clowney. Clowney is the best talent out of all of them. I realize Sacks are the home run of of uh, you know of baseball. You know, and, and sacks are that of football. 
you know, chicks dig the long ball and, and GMs and, and the fans dig the sack. Please go back and watch Clowney and not, not just the San Francisco game where you just completely destroyed them, but most of the season, like how, how good he is on what was a mediocre line at stopping the run, at getting tackles for losses, at being so disruptive. Now you add in that kind of a, just a beast of, of DBs and safeties that are out there and you get a dude disrupting like Clowney, you're going to have way different results. You're going to have more interceptions, more sacks because dudes are just not open. Like, don't give up on Clowney. Balboa's holding that towel. I'm holding it with him. But hopefully this time Creed Creed stays with us. Yeah, I do think that of those guys, Clowney is, has the ability to disrupt the most. But I also look at a guy like Griffin and I see a player who's probably more consistent and so I'm I'm OK with that, too. And if they get one of those two guys, then I, I, I'm not going to complain about one of those two. But uh, I will complain if they don't get either of those two and they just end up with Clay Matthews. Yeah, I'm with you because I feel like we, we already have. I mean, you want a dude who could just rush off the edge. Well, isn't that what Irvin is? Right. Didn't we, didn't we go? I mean, and we got Mayo, who's, who had a really good year last year, too, for his, you know, st- statistically speaking for him. But isn't that exactly what Bruce, Bruce Urban has been like literally since his WVU days? Yeah, and we have round? like eight or nine linebackers on the roster as it is anyway, because right. I think of, of Shaquem Griffin as being a guy that can play that Clay Matthews role, too. I'm really happy you bring him up because, you know, I, I just I felt like I felt all year long. We're in a spot where we 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 can't generate enough. You know, we, we would get some some pass rush especially when Clowney was healthy before before he had the injury, and that kind of really did ding him until a little later in the year, uh, really probably all year, to be honest. And with that, like, we just could not get enough pressures on, enough times with with just speed guys, just guys that have way, way more speed. And then we draft Jordan Brooks. That, that's a speed guy. We got Marquise Blair. That's a speed guy. We bring in Adams. Adams, a very dynamic player, obviously shatters anything that's called like a box safety. He does lots more than that and super excited. But, you know, I look at Griffin and I'm like, I was last year just just yearning for them to use use him more. And then when they finally turn him loose just a little bit, just a little bit in the postseason, the dude gets gets that sack with his brother, like just just changes such such energy changes the the whole thing around. Like, are we going to go through year three? with Shaquem and, and he's just buried again, just not really getting any opportunities or will they give him a shot to do what he does really, really well, which is just go attack the quarterback, be relentless and cause the dude to, to get, you know, off his mark. Yeah. I do think they're going to use a more Tyler Olson up on field goals over the weekend. He posted all the snap counts. And I think we remember that Denver game where he played the most, he played about half the game that decided to, that he wasn't quite ready. For it. That was and so he, early. Yeah, it was yeah. so early. And he only had about uh, nine snaps on defense for the rest of the season. But wow. it was the it wasn't until the San Francisco game in week 10 where they started to use him last season. And after that, he got anywhere between that uh, about nine to 26 was his high that Carolina game. And yeah, he didn't generate any sacks. But as Tyler pointed out in the article, he had a pressure rate of 13%, which was higher than Everson Griffin had last season. And not to compare him, obviously, to a guy like Griffin, who is a much better player. And I, I even I'm a little uncomfortable comparing him to a guy like Matthews. But 
uh, a young guy who you want to fill that role. I don't think they want to look to cut him. I, it would kind of bug me, I think, if they <laughs> kept Clay Matthews and cut Shaquem Griffin uh, just to, to break up the <laughs> the tandem of the Griffin brothers. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. I think that I think that potential is there. And I think they started to see that toward the end of the season last year. I hope so. I, I think he's I think he's just got it. I think he has the ability to go. Listen, the, the number you just stated, 13 percent. That's legit. You know, like, so what happens if you give the dude, oh, I don't know, 3x, you know, 300 percent more snaps and yeah. and and OK, his percentages go down a little bit, but he's still around, you know, 10 percent uh, in, in terms of, of, of getting disruption going. I think he's got the opportunity to have a really big year three. I just hope he's just not getting like just looked over. And it's one of those pieces where head scratching for me, where all last year we really couldn't do much. And again, once Clowney really got dinged up, it got a little worse after that Niners game, uh, which he was so freaking good in. And uh, and man, I just I, I I'm just I'm of the of the opinion that like let that guy go be who he is. And in year three, let, let him let him roam. Let him just go. And and he got he got you got. The beautiful part, Brandon, is you got dudes like Adams now, right? So the guy, guys, sure tacklers. You brought in Quandre Diggs halfway, whatever, eight, nine weeks through the season. That dude's a baller as well. So we're just in a better position with faster folks who are better tacklers. And what that does is like, okay, then if you have someone who's, you know, quote unquote, a wild card like Shaquem, you can take more chances with that guy because the surrounding cast is so much better. So let that guy go shine. I'm very much on board that this year. I just hope we're not sitting here like week five, week six, and he's just like basically a special teams guy still. I think that we're going to move on to other players this season, uh, <laughs> complaining about them getting playing time, you know, like with a lot of the young players. It, it takes a little while for them to get, I guess, the the level of trust to uh, to, to get inside that circle of trust, if you will, with yeah. Pete Carroll and uh, Ken Norton Jr. So it is going to be fun to see coming up this season. Clinton. Really want to thank you for coming on and talking a little bit of off-season, preseason. And if you haven't done so already, be sure and subscribe to the podcast, SBNation.com slash NFL Podcasts. Be sure and follow Clinton on Twitter, at Clinton Bond, and check out FieldGoals.com for all the latest news throughout the week. Let's get on out of here. Talk to you next time. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. <laughs>